Well, thank you, babe, and the elders for letting me be up here. It's such an honor and a, a privilege for me. And thank you to all of you for being willing to listen, even though I haven't started yet. So hopefully it'll be worth it. This morning I called my message, Raise Your Staff and Extend Your Hand. And I felt God wanted to bring us to a place this morning where we are able to reflect on the past, to see the faithfulness of what he has done for us as individuals and a body, but also that, looking back, would enable us to see how we can trust him for our future and what he has for us. I'm going to touch on the church. I'm going to touch on what God has done. I'm going to use some examples of his faithfulness. But what I want from you is not to see two people, but to see God. I don't want you to focus on what we did. I want you to focus on what he did. So right from the beginning, if I can ask you that, this is a message about our Father and his faithfulness. It's not a message about people or church planting, or the nations. It's a message about the faithfulness of God. So right from the beginning, if I can just say that, I probably have jumped three little points, but I want you to know that that is on my heart for you this morning. Please see God's faithfulness. While this message is applicable for us personally, and I do trust and pray that God would speak to you as we look at his word as we, as we hear what he has for us. But what was a burden on my heart was that it is a corporate word for us, for church in the city. So this is something that we are going to respond to together as a, as a church, as he leads us on into what he has for us. One of the fulfilled promises of God that affects us all as a family is the testimony of how God birthed this church. And I know some of you have heard it probably more than once, for those of you who've been with us for all 10 years, and believe it or not, there are some who have been here and some for nine. Um, I wanted to share and remind you of what God has done so that you can see the faithfulness of who our God is and what he did, and that we can better trust him for our future. God has a plan for Chicago. God had a plan for Chicago before Chicago even existed. And we are just a small part of that plan. And I believe we've only seen a glimpse of what God is going to do. Only a glimpse. And that is really exciting for me. Steve and I said yes to God because of a revelation of the cross of Jesus. When we had that revelation of what Jesus had done for us, there wasn't a response but God we will do anything for you, anything. And we meant it. When we said, Lord, we'll go, send us anywhere, we really meant it because we wanted to do something in response to the revelation of the cross. So as I share the story, I want you to see the beauty of partnering with an awesome God who is at work to see his people restored into a full relationship with him. And not just restored, but walking into the future of what he has for us. And of course, to see the lost of the city saved. So 
I went back and I had a look at our prophecy book. I wanted to show you, but it looks a little ragged. But our, we started a prophecy book in 1999 when we came onto full-time eldership at a church in South Africa. Uh, we decided that we were going to start recording the words that God had for us. We didn't know why. We just thought it was a great idea at the time. And so we began recording everything whenever we went and traveled with Terry and Sandy Kruger, the couple that were meant to be here today, for those who don't know them. They led the church we were part of, and when we joined their church, we had such a heart for the nations that we just caught it. We were like, okay, we're on this program. And so wherever we went and whatever we did, where there was opportunity for people to pray for us, we began to record the promises of God. And when I started this message, I went back and had a look when we started recording, and it was unbelievable to see. And I so badly wanted to stand up here and read them all to you <laughs> and go, oh, look at this one, oh, look at that one. But I decided to spare you from that and try to give you a, a rounded kind of general picture of what it looked like. But uh, in 1999, we recorded and we started seeing something of what God was doing in us, planting this desire in us to go. And right up until 2003, we felt like we were going to support a church plant until God got a hold of us and said, uh, actually, I have another plan. And uh, we obviously ended up church planting. But we, we began to write down and we began to trust God to move into what he had for us. And so the opportunity arose in 2004 where we heard of a group of people that had been praying for a church with similar values to what we believe in here. And we obviously jumped at the opportunity, having waited for many years to almost forgetting that it was part of our future. And we came here, it was minus 27 degrees Fahrenheit. There was not a child in sight. It was cold, it was gray. It was quite something. Anyway, we were jet-lagged, and we walked around the city, and I remember walking down with a thin little kind of raincoat-type thing all the way down to the lake. Thank goodness we walked fast, because I was freezing. Um, and I, you know, I went back to my hotel room, and I was like, God, I don't know if I can do this. I, I haven't seen children. I don't think there's children in the city. What are my children going to do? And uh, Steve was like, babe, just, just relax. You know, this is jet-lag speaking, and it's all going to be okay. And I was like, okay. And we had two more opportunities to go to in San Diego and Sacramento. San Diego, okay? <laughs> just putting that out there. And uh, he was like, just let's go to bed and let's, you know, start again tomorrow morning. So the next day, a little bit of sleep, I was feeling better. We met with the group of people that had originally gathered together. And they had all dispersed to different churches. Um, because it had been nine months since they had begun praying. But they all came together, and Mark Nelson, um, Mark Nelson, Chris Q, Cassia, were some of the people that were there. And we had pizza in this tiny apartment, and I went back, and that was it. I met the people, I fell in love with the people, and I was like, God, I'm salt. We'll do it. And so we phoned up the people in San Diego, in Sacramento and said, we're not coming. We know, we've heard God. And it was the people of Chicago that drew us. It wasn't the weather, duh. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
And it wasn't the summer, which is crazy different to minus 27 degrees. It was you guys, was the people. And so we went back home. Uh, we said, Lord, you have to do it. This was February. In April, we left South Africa. Uh, well, we left the place where we lived, spent three weeks with my folks. And we arrived with two suitcases. Uh, we arrived with $1,800 in our pockets. Uh, we had a uh, container with duvets, and the girls were allowed to choose five toys and two books. And uh, we didn't know where we were going to sleep. We just arrived. <laughs> and Chris um, gave up his apartment for us, and we started doing what God told us to do. So God told Steve, look in this area. Don't go further than that, and don't go further than this. Look for a place. So I began to walk around and look for a place to stay. And I think I might be going on too long. So we found a place, and God has done this. And it's 10 years later, and he has been faithful. In 10 years, God has grown this church with people who are not here to warm them, the seats. He's grown this church with people who are making a difference. In 10 years, God has built a family that don't just talk about their love for each other, but they action it out. In 10 years, God has added one of our first salvations onto our eldership team, and we continue to see many, many salvations and lives changed. In 10 years, God has raised up leaders, some of which have left or are leaving to impact other areas for his kingdom. In 10 years, God has built a base and has sent out leaders to impact nations like India, China, South Africa, Brazil, Mongolia, Haiti, and Mexico. In 10 years, God has healed hearts that have been abused by illegitimate church models that break down instead of build up. In 10 years, God has given my children aunts and uncles. Sorry. And grannies to fill the gap in their hearts because they said yes to him. In 10 years, God has blessed and provided us where we are now owning our own home and a far cry from $1,800 in our bank account. It wasn't even a bank account. We didn't have one. <laughs> Literally, it was under our mattress. In 10 years... <laughs> and it didn't last very long either. In 10 years, God has continued to speak the same words spoken before this church was planted. And he has added to those words, one of which is that we are going to be a church that is going to impact generations. This is not a church that is just here for now. We are going to impact generations. So we have seen the story of God's faithfulness. And there's a reason that I wanted to show you his faithfulness. Because when we see God's faithfulness, it enables us to trust him. So that, and we are going to be using that phrase a little more than once. I'm going to not do what James did last week. He did one of these, you know. I'm just going to say, so that. <laughs> so look out for those words because it's looking into our future. It's seeing what God has done so that we can move into what he has for us. 
And God is not done. He's done all of this, and yet he's not done. He's only just begun. So now I want to look at Moses. He was a great example of a man that was chosen to partner with God to fulfill something that God wanted to do. It was not Moses' idea. It was God's idea. And we will see how God faithfully reveals himself to Moses. He reminds Moses of the call, the position, and the gifts that he's given him so that Moses can fulfill the task that God has. So before we turn to the scripture, I want to just give a brief summary of Moses. I know that most of you are familiar with him, but points that are relevant to what I'm saying. So Moses was, God's, was part of God's plan from conception. From the time he was a little baby boy, he had to face adversity. I mean, Nile, river, crocodiles, the whole deal. You know, that's pretty intense for a little baby. So from the moment he was brought into this world, God brought adversity um, to him, things that would shape his life. Moses was a man. He felt inadequate. He told God, I can't do this. I can't do this. And God said, okay, well then, I'll, I'll give you this man to help you, you know. And he reminded, he was gracious with Moses. Moses ran from God. He was like, I'm out of here, you know. I'm done. I'll go to the desert and I'll get married and I'll have kids. And, and that was it. So he thought. But then God re- revealed himself miraculously to Moses. God didn't just say, didn't send someone and say, hey, you know, God said you should go. I mean, God used miracles to get Moses' attention. He was, he was serious about Moses coming on board with him, partnering with him. And I, I want to say that personally for us, let's move aside from the corporate word briefly. Personally, if God has a word and a plan for your lives, he is not going to keep you in the dark. He's not. He is a God who partners. He is a God who is faithful. He's not a God that enjoys you being lost and in mystery. God speaks to us, and when he has a plan for us, he reveals that plan. And if he is not currently revealing something to you, it means you're still meant to be and do what he just said the last time he revealed himself. So don't feel forgotten because God is not speaking. He's not that kind of God. He is a current partnering God that wants us to move into what he has for us, not because it's going to bless us, but it's going to bless his people, his heart. His heart is for us, but his heart is for the lost. And so when he moves us into something, as a kingdom people, I trust it's for his kingdom. He's not going to keep you in mystery. So God used miracles to get Moses' attention. God spoke and promised that he would go with him. God confirmed it again and again and again. When Moses was scared, God brought someone alongside him so that he would be strong in the area that Moses was weak. I just love the partnership of the story. I love how God extends grace to Moses. I love the measures that God uses to confirm his word and his call, that he never gives up on Moses. 
So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Exodus 14, but it's really, I can, it's one line, so I'll just read it. <laughs> but if you really want to go there, now would be the time. <laughs> so are you there? <laughs> okay. Um, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Okay, so we're looking at how God, God partners with us. We're looking at how he reveals his faithfulness so that we can do what he's called us to do, so that he can move through us. So I'm going to ask for a little poetic license because I'm not a theologian, and I'm not going to apologize for it, because Steve told me not to apologize for anything. Um, but the sense I get from the scripture when I read it is that Moses is not doubting God, because he tells the people in verse 13, just before that, he says, God is going to come through for you. Don't panic. Don't worry. Our God is for us. He will fight for us. Those are his words. But then the very next scripture God says, why are you crying out to me? Raise your staff. And I was like, well, what, what went down in that brief moment? And I feel that Moses was waiting for God. And God was saying, no, Moses, it's your time. Raise your staff and extend your hand. Everything Moses had been through, everything brought him to this moment. And he was saying, okay, God, do another one of your miracles. You know, We'll wait here for you. With the staff that God had given him, the anointing, the power, the signs of what he was going to do, he's sitting with his staff, and God says, why are you crying out to me? Raise your staff. Extend your hand. And I was so encouraged by that because that is the so that moment. That is what God is saying to us, I feel like, in this season. He's done so much. He's revealed so much. He's shown his faithfulness. He's fulfilled his promises. Why? So that we can extend our hands and raise our staff so that God can move through us. Moses didn't do anything. He raised his staff. God did it. But he required partnership from Moses. He required faith. And he required action from Moses. And so Moses did it, and God moved powerfully. And this one line is what I feel is for us. That God is saying, trust me. Trust me. And I was so tender this week with that heart. I feel like God doesn't want us to doubt him. I I believe it breaks his heart. I really do. He's such a faithful God. He's done so much. But when we don't see him move in the way we want, we doubt him. And we begin to drop our heads. And we begin to lose sight that he's faithful and that he's good. And it's exactly what the devil wants. And it might not even be the devil that's doing it. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's us. We drop our heads and we need to go back and we need to remind ourselves, God, you are faithful. 
You've done this, you've done that, you've done this. And even if there's nothing or you feel there's nothing in your life, you are breathing. You are alive. You are loved. You are cared for. God is good. And so my heart this morning, my heart's cry, is that you guys will leave this place knowing you are loved by a faithful God no matter what. No matter what. And if you need to go back and remind yourself again and again, do it. Do it so that you can move into what he has for us. So what is our response? How can we best be in a position where we can say, okay, God, we're ready. We're ready. And it's really not a big deal. It's positioning our hearts. It's getting ourselves into a place where we know who our God is. Simplest things. You know, God's not requiring you to be perfect. He's not giving you points, do this, do this, do this. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to be at peace with who he is, to know that you are loved and cared for. And at that place, you know, when you feel that affirmation of a father for you, you feel like you can take on the world. I felt that there may be some this morning who don't know that. You don't know that. Number one, you don't know you're loved, and you don't feel like you're a part of this family, and that God wants to reveal that to you. I felt that there were also some that had questioned their salvation. Jesus took care of that once and for all. His death did it once and for all. It was the greatest act of love he can show us. So if you're waiting for something bigger than that, what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for him to meet our timing? Are we waiting for him to meet our checklist? God sealed his love for us when he sent his son. That's it. And that's what we have to remind ourselves. We need to surround ourselves with fresh testimony. Personal and corporate. And I I believe it is a strong culture of this church is the testimony of God and surrounding ourselves with God and what he's done. And that is key for us to remind ourselves so that we can move in to what he has for us. We need to stay the course. God does not change. We change. He's faithful and his plan remains. It has always been the same. Trust his timing. Trust his ways. Don't doubt God because the timing is different to what you imagined. Trust him. Say yes. Say yes. Come to a place where you can honestly say, God, whatever you ask me to do, I say yes. Because I trust you. And I trust your heart for me. And I know you will never, ever forsake me. Ever. Fight the good fight. 
And by this I mean fight for the right things. Don't fight for what God has already done, what he's already accomplished. Fight for you to believe it. That's our fight. Because man, it's hard sometimes. When lies come, when circumstances come, and everything is making you want to question, that's where our fight is. And that's when we go to God, we go to the Word, we stand on His truth, and we say, regardless of what I feel and what I see, I believe what you say. And that is the fight we fight. So it's not in our strength. It's in Him, but He requires something of us. He requires action. He requires faith. He requires partnership so that He can move in us. Fight for your first love to remain your first love. And so I'm already almost done. Last quick word. But as I end, I want to recap quickly. We've seen by each other, by a story, by being here that our God is faithful and that he is a God who fulfills his plan in our lives, that he partners with us and that he requires action of us, that he loves us, that he can be trusted and that we need to raise our staff and extend our hand and do what God is asking of us. So thank you for listening. I trust it was encouraging. I wish I could give you all a big hug. That's what I feel. (laughs) I think we might be here a little bit long if I do that. But I love you guys. I'm so grateful for each one of you. It's such an honor to share my heart this morning. It's such an honor to partner with you in his kingdom. It's such an honor to be part of what God is doing in this city. And I really just want you to know that you're loved. That is God's message for you this morning. Never ever to doubt that. No matter what you face, he is always there. And he has great things for this church, not just for now, but for our future. And so go to him, Remind yourself of his faithfulness and then raise your staff. Extend your hand and as a church, let's do it together and walk into what God has for us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you partner with us. Such a great big God who is so holy, revered, mighty and powerful and yet you choose to partner with some, someone you created but Father I know that you do this for a reason and the reason is so that we would see your kingdom advanced in the city and in the nations of the world and Father we want to ask you please Holy Spirit would you seal in our hearts what is your heart for us this morning Father, would you release courage in us to fight the good fight of faith? Father, would you release courage in us to lift our heads and to trust you? Father, would you heal hearts 
that are broken because of the past so that they can trust you. Father, would you release your anointing over us as a people so that we can do and walk into everything you have for us. We want to respond. We want to move together in unison into what you have for us. We want to see you touch and change the city. We want to say yes to whatever you ask of us, Father, no matter what the cost. We love you. We bless you. We thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the sweetness of who you are. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you are going to do. Thank you for all the times we haven't thanked you, where we've lost sight of these things. Thank you, God, for who you are. And make us a people who would stand on your word. Make us strong, God. Make us strong in you so that we can believe you and we can walk into everything you have for us. I ask this in your precious son's name, Jesus. Amen. That was, that was outstanding. I'll receive the hug that Debbie wants to give all of you. I'll stand in, in lieu of all of that. Sheetal, I want you to come up and um, share. Sheetal had a prophetic word this morning at the prayer meeting, which I think really ties in quite wonderfully with the word that Debbie just brought. So I want Sheetal to come up, and then we're going to just uh, close up with some ministry. Um, I just had a picture this morning in the prayer meeting of a jug that was dirty. Um, you know when something goes through the dishwasher, it has those, like, spots on it kind of when you don't use rinse aid so it looked dirty and it kind of you know it wasn't clear at all and I saw this beautiful clear crystal clear water being poured into the jug and um, then the jug was cleaned so that you could see the water through it but before it was cleaned it kind of looked like the water was dirty too because of the way the jug looked but after it was cleaned you can kind of see the value of the water inside the jug and I just felt that it was a picture of the deposit that God had put into people that are within the church and that are going to be coming into the church. But sometimes there is a tarnish to the outside of the deposit that the value of the deposit can't be seen. And um, it's something for us as, as leaders and eldership team to, to look at people and see the deposit within them and not the outside. But the more important thing was that the deposit had been placed there for the glory of God, to be used to build up the church, to bless the body, and to bring glory to God. But that deposit had been placed there by God. And um, I don't know if there are people here, perhaps, who feel that they don't have anything, nothing to give, nothing to contribute. And I feel like God would say, he's put a deposit there inside you. It's there, and it's to be used, and to be bold and step out in using it. I think the key word that Debbie, for me, spoke was that when she said, um, the Lord was saying to Moses, Moses, it's your time. And I feel like that's a word for many people sitting here today. Um, the individuals, but also for us as the church. Brittany Williams, it's your time. It really is. It's, it's your time. Not that you haven't done anything, but it's your time. Sarah, I felt for you, it's your time. It, it's, God has incredible things in, in store for you. Uh, Stephen and Michelle. It's, it's your time. This is a new season. This is a new city. But I feel like this is, it's your time in the Lord. Um, God's got things that he's put in your heart, and he's wanting you to, to exercise those. And I've just mentioned one or two, but there are, there are many people. It's for all of us. This is, this is, the Lord is saying to us, it is, it is our time 
It's our time to step into the plans and purposes that he has for us. And, and God is faithful. God has proven himself faithful. But we need to step out and do that. So, Father, I just, I just pray for this incredible church family, Lord, that, that this would be a time when we would simply say yes. Lord, we, we thank you that you don't deal with us on the basis of, our, of our, our struggle or our sin or our difficulty. You simply desire for us to be yielded to you. You simply desire for us to be submitted to you and, and, to, say, and to say yes to you. And so, Lord, I pray for the courage in us all to be able to say yes. And Father, I want to pray, especially for those maybe here today who do not know you as Lord and Savior. Would you give them that ability to say yes to you even now? I pray, Father God, as you are wooing and and calling them to you, I pray, Lord God, that they would say yes to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. If If you are here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you, today is the day to say yes. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day for you to say yes to the Lord. It's not through religion. It's not through jumping through hoops that we come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's simply by saying yes to him. And if that's you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you are feeling a stirring in your heart that you want to come into relationship with God, I want to invite you to come forward afterwards and chat to one of the, one of the people up, up front and, and let them chat to you and lead you in a prayer where you can receive Jesus as, as, as Lord and Savior. God's done a lot this morning, and uh, I want to encourage you, please don't rush off without coming forward if you're feeling stirred to receive ministry um, in some of the areas that Deb's mentioned and Sheetal mentioned as well. Debbie's going to be up front. The ministry team are going to be up front. I want Sheetal to, to be up front as well. If these things have been stirring in your hearts, come forward. Let's allow God to continue the work that he started in us this morning. Thanks, my love. That was really outstanding. Nate and Nancy, thanks for a great worship time. Uh, enjoy your Sunday. Uh, we're going to be praying for Brittany off to my left. Enjoy your Sunday. If you're visiting, grab a moment with James and Jess and say hi. Otherwise, we'll see you on Wednesday at our prayer meeting. Thanks, guys.